0: Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm Paige Donner, the host and producer. This food and wine show is being brought to you directly from Paris, France. Here we give you a taste of this delicious world with all its colorful and diverse personalities that make up the Paris culinary landscape. So sit back and relax and enjoy Paris Good Food and Wine. Season six of Paris, good food and wine is generously being brought to you by IoT shipping. IoT, the Internet of Things. IoT shipping tracks your value assets using the Internet of Things technology that gives you data points based on temperature, movement, and geolocation. For more information, contact us at IoT Shipping dot XYZ That's Iot shipping dot XYZ This December podcast shaped up quickly to be a very festive one. We have champagne from Cote Blanc, sweet wine from Sauterne the region that Thomas Jefferson famously visited in Bordeaux a couple centuries ago, and we have a lot of heart and soul with a first-hand account of the Refettorio Paris, a charitable Paris restaurant championing food for soul. First, we begin our Christmas season 2019 show with an account by Alexandra Forbes, a journalist originally from Brazil who moved to Bordeaux about two years ago. She was very involved in the Refettorio Paris project, an initiative originally undertaken by Three Michelin star chef Massimo Bottura. The Food for Soul space is literally in the heart of Paris, underneath the beautiful La Madeleine Church. The project is one that provides not just nourishment for the underprivileged, but also a meal enjoyed with dignity and in beautiful surroundings. We then turn to Pierre Lurton, who happens to be Alexandra's husband, he is the managing director of not just one, but two world-class, mythic Bordeaux estates, Cheval Blanc and Ikem. Because Sauterne is so emblematic of the holidays here in France, its golden, honey-like elixir seems to pair with such great finesse with the sweet and savory dishes of the season. We speak with him more about Ikem this time. And, of course... Champagne is a necessary prescription for any festivities, but especially the end-of-the-year holidays. For this occasion, Chantal Gonet, the seventh generation in her family's artisanal champagne house, Champagne Philippe Gonet, treated us to a tasting of her raspberry-noted rosé. We met up at her favorite and Paris's most inviting and most serious champagne bar, Le Dohan's, in the 16th arrondissement. I hope you enjoy this episode, and even better, I hope you enjoy while roasting a ham or turkey or perhaps even a duck in a medley of vegetables like pumpkin, turnip, squash, and other winter delicacies in the oven as you perhaps put your feet up to enjoy the wafting aromas of warmth and seasoning, and enjoy a quiet moment to yourself before the holiday frenzy really sets in. And I would also like to add a very special thank you to the George 5 Sommelier, Eric Beaumard, a legend among wine circles, and his equally talented friend, Three Michelin star chef Christian Lescaire, for putting on such a mythic dinner for the iconic Le George 5 Hotel's 20th anniversary. You will find in the show notes a picture of the wines and dishes served for dinner that will go down in the history books of legendary Parisian dinners. The pairing of the music with each wine and each dish was another stroke of genius that created this outstanding performance of food and wine and music and art. Cheers! Joyeux Noël et bonne fête fin we yeah. can find Paris Good Food and Wine on iHeartRadio as well as on Spotify. And also, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. Okay, Alexandra Forbes. We're here at the Le George C because it's their twentieth anniversary today and goodness, I mean I walked in, and then you came down to the lobby and we were both overwhelmed by all the festivities. But that's not necessarily why we're doing the interview. We're actually doing the interview to talk about the Refettorio Paris. And I have been really so eager to hear more about this because I know it was established in March of 2018, I believe, um, at La Madeleine, but you were really involved in the project. So tell us how that, how it happened and what it is.
1: Hi, well, first of all, thanks for having me. So the Refettorio Paris was actually built by three different parties. One is the famous chef Massimo Bottura, who has um, Food for Soul, which is his non-profit, which he runs with his wife, Lara. A second participant in this was uh, Jean-François Rial, who has a travel company called Voyageurs du Monde. And the third one is J.R. Gier, this very famous French artist that ac- actually has done quite a lot of things in the United States. People might know him from his oversized black-and-white um, photography work. And so if, if I did have a role, it was very, very much behind the scenes. The one that I was very involved with, um, much more so, was the one in Rio that preceded the Paris one. But the, uh, just to explain, the Refetorian in Rio was the second of the Refetori. So, Massimo Butura, this chef, he did the first one in Milan to um, throw the spotlight on how much food was wasted during the Milan Expo. And then he invited me to cook there. We've been friends for many years. And also Davi Hertz, who's the president of this um, wonderful non-profit in Brazil called Gastromotiva. And We went to Milan and we cooked and we cried and we hugged. We were so moved uh, by the experience, so incredibly moved. And we asked ourselves, well, if they can do this in the first world, why can't we do this for a much bigger event than the Expo, which are the Olympics? And so we asked Massimo, how do you feel about this idea? And he said, well, if you guys want to do it, do it. I'm, I'm all for it, but I just can't go to Rio and do it. But you have my full support and we'll do the second one there. So we did that for the Olympics. And the interesting thing is that not many people know, but JR, this artist who is really into food, he has a very cool and tiny nonprofit in Rio. Um, that's sort of like a, school for artists kind of thing. And so they became really close friends. JR donated the art for the Rio one. And Paris is JR's motherland. And so because all the um, a lot of the art in the refettorio in Rio is by JR, it was a natural sort of um, a continuation of the collaboration to have um, Massimo and JR collaborating and his wife Prune who is also an artist, also collaborated by donating art to the Refettorio in Paris, which is under the
0: Madeleine Church. And Massimo is a three-star chef, correct? Is that how you guys got... So you guys got a lot of support when you opened up the... And you're very humble to say you were behind the scenes. But I mean, you, I know you were a mover and a shaker there in this project. Um, is that how you got Yannick Ayeno and Alan Ducasse to participate? And we should, I think, lay the ground to a little bit that La Madeline, that restaurant there, had previously been for people in sort of vulnerable situations to have a hot meal. But now it's using all, not recycled food, but food that Carrefour has donated. I think, I think it's important to
1: explain the difference. So it was an idea of the mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, because when Massimo and JR sort of had this idea to do one in Paris, the first thing As we had the first problem we had in Rio, it's like, where are we going to do this? We can't pay rent. We can't buy, you know, expensive things, obviously. And she gave this idea of, to explain, this gorgeous church, the Madeleine, in the basement was already functioning only at lunch. a, A different kind of thing. So a restaurant, not for people living in the streets, but just like a friendly Christian welcoming place where you can have a hot meal for eight euros um, appetizer main course and dessert it's important to note that that is still going on and they they share the space which is something quite amazing and it was a little bit complicated in the beginning because they were sort of like who are all these people wanting to put in, put in all this crazy art and redo the whole dining room and so what happens there is that that space is one thing by day where you or I could go, in theory, and eat a hot meal for eight euros. And it is a completely different thing by night where you could not go to eat because it is only that uh, only at night is it the refettorio project. And the refettorio project, one of the rules is that it serves people that couldn't otherwise afford a nice meal of an appetizer, main course, and dessert. This is always, always served free. And in the case of Paris, because of everything that's been going on le- in recent years, the- it means that there's a lot of refugees, and they all eat for free, and, uh, and people serve. And believe it or not, there's a many months-long waiting list to work as a server there. At the Refettorio Paris, you can register on the site and then you wait and wait and wait to
0: work for free. That's inspiring to see that there's so much heart in Paris for people, you know, like to give of their time. And then also just, you know, such a huge initiative, arts, uh, gastronomy international uh, resources and talent let's let's back up a little bit because um, I said uh, this is Alexandra Forbes and then you said you know you had been cooking but let's 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 lay the groundwork too. you are a journalist you're the editor of GQ Brazil but you live here now with your husband in Bordeaux actually but you're often in Paris um, tell us a little bit about your background how did you move into culinary or and gastronomic journalism
1: well, I've been writing about food and drink, I would say, for about 25 years. I started very young. It's always been a passion. My my father brought me to Paris every year when I was a little girl to teach me how to eat and drink, because I started to taste my first Bordeaux at eight years of age. And um, along these 25 years, I've interviewed, I don't know how many chefs, and I've eaten... I don't know how many tasting menus around the world. So I've always traveled to, to eat and to drink. And, um, that has obviously with time, you end up begin, you, you end up becoming friends with some of these people you interview. And Massimo Bottura is, is one of these uh, friends that I've made along the way. And so four years ago, I was at a, tasting of wine, Cheval Blanc wine, Chateau Cheval Blanc, and Cheval des Andes, which is their baby that they make in Mendoza, and the president of the winery was in Sao Paulo to to present these wines to four wine writers, and I was one of these four wine writers. And that was four years ago. Two years ago, I moved to Bordeaux, and we've lived happily ever after. <laughs>
0: That's wonderful. It's always, it's always inspiring to hear a love story, especially, especially during the holidays when people's minds are on family and love. And now, um, just to, to kind of wrap this up, I know you're going to be using some of your, or a lot, you know, a lot of your expertise and you're going to create a podcast yourself, which is awesome. It's always wonderful to have more in the mix. Are you envisioning? Do you have a name for your podcast? Are you envisioning? Do you, do you want, I mean, do you want to share or?
1: Yeah, sure. I think that that it's something still quite new. It's exploded in the United States for sure. But I I think that talking about food and drink is not as easy as a lot of influencers uh, tend to think. There's a lot of whatever information out there, but not so much serious opinion from, you know, sources that have been in this for a long long time. And so I decided to share a little bit of my stories in a podcast for the Brazilian public, which is my main public. And it's it's going to be called Osa, which means listen in Portuguese. And it's going to be, I would say, half food, half wine, with a little sprinkling of spirits in there.
0: Well, with that, Alexandra, I want to say a big obrigado. Uh, Thank you so much. And we look forward to hearing the next projects coming out of you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to Paris Good Food and Wine, with me, your host, Paige Donner. Paris Good Food and Wine is generously being brought to you by IOT Shipping. Contact them at iotshipping.xyz. IOT, the Internet of Things. Up next, we have Pierre Lurton, who's the managing director of Chateau de Chem, as well as Cheval Blanc but today we speak with him about Château de Kem. The show is produced and broadcast from Paris, France. It's Paris' first-ever homegrown English-language radio show about food and wine. Okay, so Pierre Luton is going to talk to us about Château de Chem.
2: Château de Chem uh, is an amazing story. It's a very long story. But uh, beside me, in uh, in my office, I have the very nice letter. Is uh, Monsieur le Comte? I passes your house a fantastic days, and your wine is amazing wine. It's possible to to brought a few bottles of this wine, because uh, I am very happy to share this bottle with my good friend George Washington. I think it's a is a story of between Thomas Jefferson and the uh, Lursalus family. And you have the long story of Chateau de When you came. You have the chateau on the top of the hill. And in, in, in north, you have the large valley of the Garonne Valley. In south, you have the large forest of the land forest. In west, you have the little river across the river Garonne. When you come in the morning in September, you have the foggy situation with a lot of mist. And in afternoon, the east wind dries the grapes the alternate between humidity in morning dryness in afternoon are so very interesting for the development of the Botrytis. You concern the flavor you concern tr- you concern the sugar, and you have two hundred pickers picked only the good grape with a good concentration above twenty one degrees alcohol potential. I think Ikem, you play with the climate. You have the fantastic symbiosis between the people who work in Château d'Ikem and, and, and the paysage. And uh, in Ikem, you take a, a lot of risk. It's very important you play with the risk. If you, are, if you play with the risk, it's possible to pass the mirror of the risk to sublime the raw material like Ikem. If you have not a good appointment with the climate, you don't make Ikem. Besides the label of Château d'Ikem, is a, always a high quality, is an excellent wine, is a mythic wine, is a cru classé superior, 1855. Ikem is a French patrimoine. I am very proud to to speak Ikem with you,
0: <laughs> Pierre. And I'm I'm thrilled to to speak to you about. ECAM and also Cheval Blanc. I know this evening you're going to be, George Stank is celebrating with you uh, their 20th anniversary, and Cheval Blanc uh, has been an honored guest invitation. And I have to admit, I mean, as mythic as Cheval Blanc is, I have actually fallen in love with Sauternes recently because um, I think that it's a wine that is it's a sweet wine and so it's kind of less I think it's less well known in the United States and I would love to do some more communication about this wonderful wine because as you noted the noble rot the botrytis it gives it's a it's a honey it's like an an elixir so can you describe a little bit um the wine
2: yes the and the first objective of Chateau Cam is a freshness. And when I organize a blend of this wine, I pick only the good plots with a high level of, of acidity. I think it's very important to have the high level of acidity. If you play with the sugar, it's so very dangerous because the wine is not digested. It's very important to have the wine very clean, very fresh. And also, the big problem for the people, when I put my bottle of Chateau d'Iquem, when I open Chateau d'Iquem, I think it's a, the best moment for me for, with a young vintage, with a cool temperature, is for aperitif. I think for aperitif, is, is, is a sublime Iquen, is is great. But after, it's difficult for the people, because if you put the red wine just after, it's always difficult to drink the red wine after the sweet wine. But also and uh, poulet with palm fries. I think it's a traditional dish in the country, in Chateau d'Iquem, in the in land forest. And the sweet bread with a spinach cream is amazing association with Chateau d'Iquem. And conte cheese, affined. I think also when the blue cheese is a great moment for Chateau d'Iquem. But a little crêpe Suzette with a slice of orange, I think it has a very good bridge with Chateau d'Iquem. And I, I suppose in the middle of the night with a cigar, is the right moment to drink a Chateau Camp. <laughs> Donc, I think it's a it's big problem of this chateau, is because it's a mythic chateau. It's a very um, the top chateau, and the people have... have is very proud to show the bottle in my cellar. You see the evolution of the colour of the golden gold color, the and the mahogany colour and the Amber colour. But I think it's very important to open and Chateau de But you are the time with the because it's so very important and so very elegant to travel in the time with Chateau de But you are Always a good appointment with the quality.
0: And right before we started rolling, you mentioned that you had just put a 1999 in a, in a Magnum?
2: Yes, I put 1999 in Magnum because it's a 20th birthday. 1999 is a, is a dry vintage, but it's a plethoric vintage because the people produce many bottles of quality wine, like 82. And 82, and the people produce many bottles of wine, but you have the fantastic quality wine. I suppose 99 today have the good appoint- uh, to, to the good appointment to open the bottle with uh, with the people around the table. And 99, you have uh, very nice botrytis, and you have uh, just a little, comment dire, agrumes, and just a little touch of pole. Uh, and uh, the structure is a very voluptuous structure and very voluptuous wine is so very elegant wine and I suppose Chateau d'Iquem is a cashmere wine but the backbone of the wine is a freshness it's very important to have the freshness
0: Wonderful. I'm going to borrow your term about cashmere from now on because I, I completely agree with you. Freshness and cashmere and then the citrus, the groom. The I want to thank you so very much. I know you're, 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 you have a dinner in the next uh, minute or so. You have to dash away, but I want to thank you very much, Pierre, for this
2: interview. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, I pass a great moment. It's always a great moment to speak about Chateau d'Iquemme and Chateau Cheval Blanc. But for me, it's a double life because in Chateau d'Iquemme, I play with the ruts. In Chateau Cheval Blanc, I fight the ruts. It's not the same attitude. (laughs) Thank you.
0: This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net. IoT Shipping IoT Shipping uses the Internet of Things technology to track and trace your value assets throughout the transport process. Data is monitored by temperature, geolocation, and movement so that you always know where your value assets are and in what condition they are in. Contact them for more information and for a quote at iotshipping.xyz. That's IOT shipping dot XYZ. Next up is our delightful conversation with Chantal Gonet of Champagne Philippe Gonet, which is based in Lemenille sur Auger. Find this and more episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Tunein Radio, and also on iTunes. Chantal, it was a really fascinating uh, wine tasting that you invited me to recently uh, last month called La Transmission. And what's so fascinating about that is that these are all women like yourself who have um, come from f- champagne families, for the most part, I guess, maybe not all of them, but, but most of them, and are now finding themselves managing these companies you know, mid-sized to some of them quite large. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about this group of excellent women that you're involved with, Champagne ladies.
3: So La Transmission is a group of women from Champagne, from diverse, uh, as you said, uh, size of houses. And uh, we have Grower, we have négociant, we have Coopérative. So uh, the idea is to transmit to people, and mainly young people, talk about champagne in a different way to make them more interested about champagne, especially the women. And uh, the approach is um, uh, usually we organize tasting. And uh, this time it was a special tasting around the influence of a glass and the tasting of champagne. So, we had three glasses, three different glasses, and we tasted the same champagne in the three different glasses. So, here it was interesting to see how uh, different are the aromas, and not only the the aromas, but the smell also, uh, the smell and the taste, and the way the glass is made, and how you take it, and how you... Receive the champagne in your mouth and, uh, the differences, uh, when you swallow and, uh, how you get the champagne, uh, in your mouth. So really interesting. And you see that even with, um, different glasses. So we had not, no flute because, uh, we like white glasses. Uh, which are more like uh, white wine glasses, but they were quite similar, quite big glasses, and even with uh, very small differences, just an angle, just uh, uh, the 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 focus, the 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 neck, you have so many different perception. Yeah, and then you choose you choose uh, one of the three glasses, the one you prefer, the one you really like and then you could taste the nine different champagnes uh, of the 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 woman so the idea is also to to talk about um, our experiences and to make the champagne uh, more uh, approachable and it's always interesting to to talk about the around the tasting because then you talk about the history, the culture, your experience, the winemaking, uh, the great variety, so many things.
0: Yeah, you're really a wonderful community of women in Champagne, but you're also, I mean, I hesitate to drop names, but I mean, you know, you were there with Tatanger, as we say Tatinger, <laughs> you know, Krug, uh, Boisel, uh, Alice Payard of Bruno Payard, um, Japier, I mean, you know, these were, uh, w- yes. Yeah, also
3: Melanie Tarlan and uh, Delphine Casals and Anne Malassign La- from uh, Le Noble Champagne and Maggie Enrique, of course, from Krug.
0: Yeah, it's really, it was quite an impressive group and you're all, you're very well coordinated. um, and I have to say, yeah, that tasting that you just described about with the different glasses, I had long heard that the glass actually does impact the taste of a, of a wine, but going through that experience with you really showed me how the angle at, at which it actually hits your, your tongue, which is separated into different taste buds, like you taste citrus more, I think, in the back of your mouth and the, and the front of your mouth is something more sugar. So that now that I understand that, I realize that there really is something to choosing your glass well uh, when you're drinking a wine and I would say now, especially especially a champagne. Okay, so La Transmission, so so people now are aware of that. Quite an interesting um group of powerhouse women actually of 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 Champagne. And so we're kind of, you know, winding down this, this interview, but you are just back from um, quite a packed trip to Asia and just sitting here and, you know, chatting over a glass of your beautiful rosé champagne. You've indicated a few observations that you've had. You were in Hong Kong, you were in Shanghai, you were in Seoul, and you were in Japan and Tokyo as well. So, some of those markets are quite mature for champagne, but some of them are, it sounds like it, are developing quickly.
3: Yeah, tell us a little bit more. Yes, as you said, Japan is a very mature market, and it's uh, far from the others, the, the biggest market in champagne, uh, for champagne, sorry. Uh, but I was very surprised when I was in South Korea, because... Uh, Everybody seems so interested and so into tasting and discovering about champagne, but not only just champagne, the history and the different region, the grape variety, the taste, and how you can pair champagne with food. Their food, of course, but not not only their food. And I had a consumer tasting, not with sommeliers or experts, but just with um, classic people, just wine lovers. And I was so impressed by their knowledge and how curious they were. And I really think that's the next market in Asia which will really grow uh, a lot for champagne. And uh, I've been traveling to China for a while, probably more than 20 years And we always, we always say, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna grow very fast. Next year, they're gonna uh, drink a lot of champagne. But I've seen so many big houses in champagne investing in China. And, uh, after all, the results are not so, so great. I don't know why. Maybe because their taste is different they don't really appreciate bubbles uh, neither acidity so for champagne it's uh, it's difficult to enter into the market and uh south korea they they have kimchi which is uh, with acidity and i think they can really better appreciate or their their taste is uh, more adjustable to champagne tastes champagne um yeah sensation. Uh so I think that they will uh they will really um buy much more champagne <laughs> and I appreciate much more champagne Quicklier than China. And of course then uh, I've been to Hong Kong but it's a very different market, it's very international. So uh, I don't think we can compare that. But I think we have to really uh look up uh, look at uh, South Korea, it's the the next interesting market.
0: That's some really great insight, and I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate you sharing that. You're listening to Paris Good Food and Wine with me, your host Paige Donner. Paris Good Food and Wine is generously being brought to you by IoT Shipping. Contact them at iotshipping.xyz. IoT, the Internet of Things. Now you can find Paris Good Food and Wine on iHeartRadio as well as on Spotify. And also, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.com net so i wonder chantal if you could just uh, leave us with a couple of tips n- since we are now in in the holiday season what are some of your favorite pairings with champagne
3: so um the first thing i'm thinking is uh oyster and champagne oysters and champagne is always the best match because um, nowadays we drink more and more uh, champagne uh, non dosé with uh, zero dosage and that makes the wine more uh, with those mineral taste, mineral aromas and with the salinity and we have uh, uh, specifically <laughs> a blanc de blanc with zero dosage which is called extra brut 3210 uh so I need to explain that now. <laughs> three is for three years of aging in the bottle. The two is for two different vineyards. One is for one grape variety. So it's a blanc de blanc chardonnay. And zero for zero dosage. And what is interesting is that um, we have made this zero dosage uh, with uh, a vineyard, which is in the south of Champagne, in uh Montgueu. Exactly, next to Trois. It's also called Montrachet of Champagne. Uh, because the Chardonnays are more charming, uh, They are uh, the vineyards are facing the sun. So th- I, I could say they are more solaire and they are uh, always more matured. We always start the harvest in Mongueux every year. It's probably one week before Le Ménil sur Oger. Which is just an hour more north. And, uh, yeah, so the, those Chardonnays are very, um, fruity, but, uh, that kind of fruit is more, um, uh, the tropical aroma of the Chardonnay, like, uh, mangoes, pineapple, lychees, always these citrus fruits, white fruits, of course. And, uh, so we, um, uh, blend it with uh, the Chardonnay from Le menil sur Roger, which are so much more acidic. So it's quite interesting because you have the charms of uh, the Chardonnay from Mongueux and the austere, vertical, very straightforward Chardonnay from the Le Ménil-sur-Augé. So very nice uh, pairing and uh, you really feel the salinity, uh, almost the iodine taste. Great pairing with uh, our uh, Atlantic oysters.
0: So French. Zero dosage champagne and Atlantic oysters. I don't think you can get more French than that. That sounds, that sounds perfect. I want to thank you so very much for, for this meeting here at Le Docrans. It's always a pleasure speaking with you and seeing you, Chantal. And, um, where, just the last uh, word, where can
3: our listeners
0: find your champagne?
3: Really close to here. It's called Au Cave de Passy. It's a really great wine store. Very old. And, uh, it's like, uh, the um, Alibaba uh, cave. You have so many things. It's not very well arranged, but you have so many things and, uh, the caviste is very interesting very knowledgeable so you can ask him so many questions or about pairings or uh, the origin of the wines or the growers and uh, it's a, it's a whole um, it's a destination i think you need to go it's called au cave de passy and it's uh, in the passy area in the 16 arrondissement just 5 minutes from here i think
0: thank you santa Thank you for joining us on this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible. And especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow us on Instagram at pagefoodwine and on Twitter at Paris food Wine. Leave us a review, comments, suggestions, and story pitches at parisfoodandwines.com.